really kind of pumped up today because uh, during the last week I've been preparing for our discussion point today and it's on healing under the new covenant. As you know, God spoke to me earlier this year and said, I want you to teach on faith until you exhaust the topic. And I don't know how long it will take until I exhaust the topic, but who cares? We're hearing the truth from the Word of God, and that is really what matters. Uh, we will punctuate our series on faith from time to time. Uh, you don't want to hear just me every Sunday, so we'll break it up a little bit. But we started out, you might recall, by establishing the fact that God is a God of covenant. Now, the really interesting thing about God's covenants is that he is the one who has initiated them. In other words, they were God's idea and God was the one who made all the blessing available. And in fact, when we come to the new covenant, we see that there is nothing we can do to qualify to come under the new covenant because Jesus qualified on our behalf. And uh, the word of God tells us that the new covenant is a better covenant. We've been shifted from the glory of the old covenant and all its law. We've been shifted to the greater glory of the new covenant and its better provisions. So God is a God of covenant. And we actually went through all the covenants in the word of God. And then we spoke about the specifics of the new covenant, five areas in the new covenant. And the last of those was our eternal inheritance. And that eternal inheritance is something that starts in the here and now. We don't have to wait until we die before we receive the blessings of that inheritance. And we talked about two aspects of the rich eternal inheritance that we have as sons and daughters of the one true living God. We spent two Sundays exploring the whole idea of prosperity under the New Testament and right at the end of our second week I suggested that to be prosperous is to have everything you need in order to fulfil the call of God on your life. And as Liz was saying, David MacDonald last week was saying, find your mountain. And that was a reference to this idea of seven mountains involved in human activity. Now, those mountains include family, church, politics, business, education, the arts, and the other one is justice. So there are seven mountains. But different, different writers have a slightly different take on those uh, seven mountains. But what he was saying was, Find where you fit as an ambassador of Christ and work it. And I am going to spend some time explaining what he actually means by work it, perhaps in a few weeks' time, because you've got to work your prophecy. You've got to work your gift. You've got to work the Word of God in your life. We settled on a, a rough definition of faith in the sense that our faith is actually 
in God Himself, not in His promises. We believe His promises because our faith is in Him. So it starts from relationship with God. And when we're secure in that relationship, when we can have faith in Him, we then have confidence in the promises that make up the covenants that God has established. We belong to a Pentecostal movement, Australian Christian churches, and Australian Christian churches believe that healing has been provided for us through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The actual wording in the ACC doctrinal statement says this. There's more to it than what I've got up on the slide, but it says in part, in accordance with the teaching of the Scriptures, we trust our Heavenly Father to protect and heal our bodies from sickness and disease. So that's a foundational belief of Australian Christian churches in accordance with the teaching of scriptures. And I'm going to spend the rest of this discussion point referring to the key scriptures upon which this statement is based. We trust our Heavenly Father. In other words, we have faith in Him. And we believe His promises to protect and heal our bodies from sickness and disease. Three keys. Provision. The provision is part of our inheritance in Jesus Christ. So the provision for healing is part of our eternal inheritance. And it starts now, not after we die and go to be with Christ in heaven. Who is it for? It's for all Christians, for all who call upon the name of the Lord, for all who have become followers of Jesus Christ, for all who have built relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And all means all the last time I checked. Right? There's nobody who misses out. There's not one group over here whom God favours more than another group. It's equally available to all Christians. And how is it obtained? By faith in God and belief in His promises. By faith in God and belief in His promises. Now really the rest of what I want to share with you today is simply Scripture. A little bit boring perhaps. Um, I'll know if it is because people will start snoring. Snoring equals boring, right? So... Um, as soon as I hear, unless it's Evangeline, she's a, she can snore, but uh, no one else can because that won't make me happy. Anyway, I don't apologise for this because we must build our lives on a foundation of Scripture. It's our sure foundation. And I would strongly urge that you memorise these Scriptures. Write them out. Stick them on your fridge. Stick them on a wall somewhere so that they are before you every day of your life. I know Andrew does that. Andrew's got scriptures pasted um, up all over the wall. He's got a, a room in his house dedicated as a prayer room. 
And I know Neil does the same. He's got a prayer war room at home. And you've got scriptures up all over the place, haven't you, Neil? You see, it makes a difference when you build your life on the word of God. So I want to talk uh, to two Old Testament scriptures. And you might wonder why are we dealing with Old Covenant when we've been focusing on the New Covenant? Well, the New Covenant is a better version, if you like, of the Old Covenant. So it's very helpful for us to know what's in the Old Covenant. This is what God promised to Israel and to all followers of God in Exodus 12, verse 26. He says this, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who physically heals you. The Hebrew word there is rapha. And uh, some will know that one of the names of God is Yehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And the word Rapha there really refers to physical healing. So this is a reference to healing of our bodies of sickness and disease and even of mishap or accident. Okay, There are many, many people who say these scriptures refer only to a spiritual healing, but they don't unless you want to twist the Hebrew. It clearly means physical healing. But notice, it's dependent in the case of the law on Israel diligently heeding the voice of God. And uh, I've missed out some of the that passage actually so I can fit it all on the screen but it also says you've got to obey all my commands now for us who are New Testament Christians Jesus has done that already he he made the outrageous claim that he personally fulfilled the law and the prophet so on our behalf Jesus Christ who was sinless he actually fulfilled the law the only human being in history who ever has fulfilled the law he did it on our behalf and when God looks at us now through the eyes of the new covenant he actually sees a people who have heeded his voice and who have obeyed all his commands because Jesus did it for us and so we have access to this promise of physical healing that God made to Israel way back then. Psalm 103, verses 2 and 3. I'm actually going to read a bit more of this psalm, if I may. It's a psalm which is well, well loved by Pentecostals and Pentecostal pastors have preached from this psalm many, many times. So I'm going to read from the beginning. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Again, the Hebrew word rapha is used. Who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Right, I'm a candidate for having my youth renewed like the eagles. You know, most people don't think I'm 61 years of age. 
They think I'm a lot younger than that. It's probably because I hang around with young people. I don't know. I don't feel 61. I don't know what you're supposed to feel like when you're 61. All I know is the last time I had medical tests, I was A-OK on everything, praise the Lord, because he is the one who heals me. He is the one who keeps my body strong and who renews my strength like the eagle. And I have faith in him, and because I have faith in him, therefore I believe his promises. Bless the Lord, O my soul. It is the Lord who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. And this was King David in Old Testament times. You see, even back then, God's heart was a new covenant heart. God forgives all your iniquities. I want to move on now to Isaiah 53, verses 4 to 5. And um, this, this, I'm going to read a little bit more from, from the Word of God here, but I can only fit a certain amount up there on the screen. But Isaiah 53 is looking forward to the coming of Jesus Christ. This is a prophetic passage about Jesus and about the new covenant. I will start from verse 1. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. Now this is a reference to Jesus. And as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him there is no beauty that we should desire him. In other words, Jesus was a regular joker just like me. Right? He wasn't particularly handsome according to the word of God. He was an ordinary man. And people related to him as an ordinary man. But here we go, he is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. And of course, most of Israel rejected Jesus. Then it goes on to say this, Surely he has borne our griefs, and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. The words griefs and sorrows there if you go back to the original Hebrew, actually refer to physical ailments, diseases and sicknesses in our bodies. Look at what it, it says here. He was wounded for our transgressions. In other words, he received the punishment for all of our sin. He was bruised for our iniquities. Wounded and bruised, that was the price that he paid for our sin. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. So God, in fact, disciplined Jesus instead of us. And you will recall that as Jesus died on the cross, 
God actually turned his back on Jesus and Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Well, the reason was God couldn't look upon the sin. And the Bible says he became sin for us. God couldn't look upon that sin. God turned his back. Jesus actually died alone on the cross without his heavenly father because God rejected him instead of rejecting us. But it was on the third day as we sang that he raised, he was raised from the dead. The grave could not hold him. And by his stripes we are healed. Now it's interesting that the word are is used by the translators in Isaiah 54, but in 1 Peter 2, 22 to 24, where this scripture is actually quoted, the word were is used. Now are is generally what we call present continuous tense. In other words, our healing is something which is ongoing. In the New Testament there where the word were is used, it means done and dusted. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because Isaiah was looking forward to the time of Jesus. And in uh, 2 Peter, we're actually looking back to the work of the cross. So when Jesus died on the cross, when he was uh, resurrected, our healing was settled once and for all, done and dusted, already accomplished. So whatever sickness might come upon you tomorrow, it has already been healed by Jesus Christ, perfectly and permanently. And I'll tell you what, in a, in a few weeks' time, I, I've spoken briefly with, with Mark and Pamela, but in, in the not-too-distant future, they're going to share their testimony of healing of Hani. And it's an amazing story. I've heard some of their story. It is an amazing story of healing. And we need to hear it. We need to be encouraged. We need to know what God has done in the midst of his people. So 1 Peter 2, 22-24 makes this claim, by his stripes we were healed. It's past perfect tense there, for those of you who like the English language. It's past perfect tense. It's done and dusted, already accomplished. That is amazing. That is absolutely Is it any wonder why I'm pumped up today? I've been working on this all week. I had a bit of a head start on you folk. You need to get this message downloaded from iTunes sometime tomorrow. It should be available tomorrow. Listen to it again. You need to build your life on these scriptures because you will come under attack. Satan will try to kill, to rob, to destroy. And he'll try to kill you, to rob from you, and to destroy you. But you can stand on the truth of God's word and he cannot stand in the presence of God's word. Let us turn to Matthew chapter 8. I love this. You want to hear this. Just listen to this. Matthew chapter 8. 
And I'll just read a couple of verses before verse 16. Now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and served them. Back then a fever was likely to be a death sentence. We didn't have the kind of medicines we have today. So this was a woman who would have expected to be dead within days. Jesus touched her hand and the fever left her. Verse 16, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. How many? All. Does that leave anybody out? Doesn't leave anybody out. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So here Jesus was actually demonstrating what had been prophesied by Isaiah. And this is what Matthew records. This is what Matthew records. You know, some people have argued that that prophecy in Isaiah was actually fulfilled that day and there's no more healing. I just can't understand the mindset that comes to a conclusion like that. But you know, it's a lie that so many in the church have bought that you know what, somehow or other, Jesus exhausted his capacity to heal on that one day. But no, he didn't. He continues compassionately to heal those who are sick today. Let me turn to the book of Mark now. This is interesting. This is in connection with the Great Commission. And normally, when we talk about the Great Commission, we only refer to a passage in uh, Matthew chapter 28. But... There's reference to the Great Commission in the book of Mark as well. Uh, in the very last chapter, in chapter 16 of Mark. And uh, I've just got verses 17 and 18 up there. But I just want to read uh, verse 15 as well because it connects healing with our work in terms of the Great Commission. And he, Jesus, said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptised will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. This is what Jesus said. In my Bible, these words are all in red type. That means it's a direct quote, obviously translated into English, of something that Jesus said. So here we are, we've even got a method by which healing takes place. Any one of us, we're believers, we're followers of Jesus Christ, any one of us has the power to lay our hands on the sick and they will recover. Wow. You don't have to be a pastor to do this. Anyone. Anyone. In my name, said Jesus, 
They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Anyone. They will take up serpents. That word is probably better translated remove. They will remove serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will do. It will by no means hurt them. Wow, that's pretty good. I'm not going to try it. I'm not going to drink turpentine or anything like that just to see. You can't test God like that. But there's, there's a protection in there for us. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Does it say might recover? No, it says they will recover. You know, I reckon that means they will recover. Not they might recover, not that just some will recover. Let me turn to another scripture. This is found in the book of James. James chapter 5, verses 14 to 15. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. This is interesting, you know, because the kind of faith talked about here specifically refers to Holy Spirit given or Holy Spirit inspired faith. You know, it's the Holy Spirit in us who gives us the capacity, who gives us the confidence to pray over the sick. Some people interpret that as being a specific and a special gift of healing and there's no doubt that there are some people who have a very special gift of healing and I've known people who have that special gift but all of us are able to both pray for healing and all of us are able to receive healing regardless of whatever special gifting we have. The word save there, I'll put in brackets, heal, the, word, the, the Greek word which is translated save there actually means to heal. So this is not talking about a, a, an initial salvation experience. This is talking about healing for someone who is already a Christian. The reference there to sin, of course, is that sometimes our sickness can actually be the result of decisions that we've made that go against God's will. In other words, sometimes our sickness can be the result of sin in our lives. But this is the remedy. Go to the elders. And actually, just before Mark 16, uh, sorry, just before James 5:14, it says, confess your sins to one another. So, so part of our, our way of living as Christians is to be open with others about our sins. And I strongly I recommend that you have a few trusted folk around you who can help you remain accountable to God's standards. You don't have to come and confess to the pastor. We're not, like, we're not Catholics, all right? So it's not just the pastor. It says to one another, all right? I love Catholics, by the way. I've got some great Catholic friends. And uh, we're going to see a lot of Catholics in heaven, let me tell you, because there are a lot of Catholics who are really on fire for the Lord. But you see, if here if sin is an issue in our lives, we get that promise. 
If we have committed sins, God will forgive. Wow. See, this, this covenant business is pretty good as far as we're concerned, really, because God's the one who makes all the moves. He's the one who makes all the moves. I want to finish off with what I, I've called the, the health salutation. It's um, from an epistle that, that is a letter to, to folk in the church. It's 3 John, first, verse, uh, first chapter rather, and verse 2. It says simply this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. I think that's a marvellous way of opening a letter to somebody. Beloved, you whom I love, I pray to God Almighty that you may prosper in all things. How many times have we seen the word all today? There's no one left out. There's nothing left out. There's nothing broken. That you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So there you have the foundation of that statement which you can find in the set of doctrinal statements that are foundational to Australian Christian churches. In accordance with the teaching of scriptures, we trust our Heavenly Father to protect and heal our bodies from sickness and disease. Now, I've actually got some anointing oil here. This actually comes from Jerusalem. Not that that really gives it any additional power. I just happened to be able to get hold of some that was produced um, in Jerusalem. It's got some frankincense and myrrh in it. Um, but that, that doesn't give it any particular power, by the way. You can actually just use any old olive oil out of your kitchen cupboard. But when we anoint with oil, there are times when that can contribute to, to our healing. So I'm, I'm going to um, give anyone who wants prayer for healing an opportunity to come forward as others go to enjoy our community time. Um, if you feel awkward about it, that's all fine. I'll, I'll ask you if you want me to anoint you. I won't do it without your permission. If you prefer me just to stand with you and pray, I'm more than happy to do that. We want you to feel um, comfortable. And of course, as always, it's an invitation, so don't feel obliged. So we've got a firm foundation for the belief in God's promises for healing. Now, one thing I need to address, I'm not going to do it this week. I may do it next week. If not next week, it'll be uh, the week after. Every one of us will have a story about when we prayed for healing for ourselves or when we prayed for healing for someone else, healing didn't come. Now, I feel it would be irresponsible of me to focus on those healing scriptures today if we didn't actually come back and also confront the issue that sometimes people we pray for die. Now, Jeanette and I have sat on the bed of a 13-year-old schoolboy as he died of leukaemia. I had a good mate, a couple of really good mates, uh, die of cancer. I want to address this issue. I want to warn you, it'll make you uncomfortable. It will make you uncomfortable because there is no doubt that the promise in the new covenant is that all shall be healed. But there's something 
about life on earth today, that means that sometimes healing doesn't come. 